This is a Federal News Network podcast. President Barack Obama would not give his up. President George W. Bush wasn't allowed to have one, even though he wanted to. For about 15 years, the BlackBerry phone was seemingly Velcroed to every federal executive hand from the Oval Office on down. But when Research in Motion, which owns BlackBerry, ended its support for the aging but still beloved mobile device, it ended an era in the federal government. In his weekly reporter's notebook, executive editor Jason Miller collected memories from federal officials about the BlackBerry and its long-lasting impact on the federal market. And Jason, I'm guessing everybody misses those really easy-to-use positive action keyboards. Without a doubt, that is the one thing I heard from both the the people we interviewed, you know, folks like Roger Baker, the former CIO at the Commerce Department and VA, and Robert Shea, who was over at OMB, all the way down to the anonymous people on our survey who said, I miss the keyboard. I don't like the keyboard on the iPhone or the Android phone. The keyboard, the keyboard, the keyboard. In fact, uh, Karen Evans, a former OMB administrator for IT and eGov, the only thing she sent me was, I missed the keyboard. And I said, Karen, you got to give me more than just the keyboard. But yeah, Tom, uh, the BlackBerry was was uh, loved for many, many reasons. And the, the big issue, the, the big reason for many people was that keyboard and the rollerball. Yeah. And well, it was the first way you could conveniently get email anywhere at any time. And I think that really was a revolutionary development. But give us a sense of how ubiquitous the BlackBerry really was at one time in the federal government. One of the things it felt like when you and I first started out, and I'm a little younger than you, Tom, just in case the folks didn't remember that. I quite a bit. Yes, quite a bit. Uh, in, the, in the early 2000s, it felt like you couldn't go anywhere without someone from the federal government or industry having their BlackBerry. And, and Tom, you know, not to be crass here, but but you go to the bathroom and there they were at the urinal. You went to the bathroom and they were in the stall and and the people were at the in the buffet line at conferences and they were on. And I remember one guy was uh, on stage and his BlackBerry went off and it was like, put it away. Right. It, it became it created that always on idea, that, that, that mentality that you always had to respond to email. And what's funny is I talked to Clint Robertson, a former vice president of government relations at Research in Motion, which developed the BlackBerry. He's also a former associate administrator in GSA's Office of Congressional and Intergovernmental Affairs. And he, he said there was a joke at BlackBerry when he was there that said people didn't respond within 15 minutes. You started to get worried that somebody was in a car accident. Why didn't they respond already? And you know what I heard from our survey and from others is, is but that was both good and bad. Some people like that idea that you weren't tethered to your desk. Other people hated it. It really ruined their personal time and their free time. But Blackberries were everywhere. And Tom, while I did ask the company for some statistics and they were unable to give me any really hard statistics, I did some research and found a a 2012 article from InfoWorld that said uh, Research in Motion had over 1 million government customers in North America. Of course, that covers state, local, federal, as well as Canadian government. A government executive magazine reported in 2009 that 77% of all federal managers said they had used a BlackBerry device at one time. And again, go back to 11, 12 years ago now. So, but that's how ubiquitous it was. I mean, people always had the BlackBerry. Tom, I tagged this all the way back and you'll remember this better than I am because I was not covering the federal sector at this time for technology, but Craig Lugart, who was the former CIO at the Education Department, who's now the CTO for Health Technologies at the Veterans Health Administration. He gave me a story that goes back to a time when he had come over to the Education Department and and Secretary Richard Riley had selected him to take the CIO job. And he made a a match, right? He said, I know the folks at BlackBerry, Jim Balasile, and he put him together with with Richard Riley and then created this, hey, we could help you, you could help us. And then they brought in GTSI and Dendi Young and as he said, it was a marriage made in heaven. He showed the BlackBerry to Jim Fleisig over at the CIO Council, former 
co-chairman of this council. And as he says, the rest is history. It sure is. And just remind us the reason that they are no longer functional is because the network on which that messaging went has been shut down by the network carriers, correct? Well, Research and Motion said we will no longer, as of January 4th, support the BlackBerry device itself. And therefore, without any support, no text, no phone calls, no emails, it's it's basically just a, a brick. And uh, I think what, what BlackBerry saw over the last, you know, eight, 10 years is this, is the society, is, is people moved away. They wanted an iPhone. They wanted an Android device. They wanted something that was much different. They loved the keyboard, but unfortunately, BlackBerry did not keep up with the times. And Tom, there are hundreds of thousands of pages the written by business experts, and I'm not going to try to, uh, <laughs> to tell tell you why BlackBerry failed and what fell apart. And you know, I do some in the story that's posted on federalnewsnetwork.com. I link to some of those stories, like Time Magazine from 2013 wrote their headline was "The Fatal Mistake That Doomed BlackBerry." Just a couple about a week ago, Business Insider revisited this often talked about story. In fact, Tom, I found an entire Reddit thread from 2015 where users tried to answer the question, why did BlackBerry fail as a device provider? So a lot of information out there. People can find it themselves, but we can just know that uh, the impact on the federal market is huge. And that's really what, what we're focusing on in the story in the survey. Sure. Yeah, I think the big difference is that when the iPhone came out, it was a much deeper integration at the software level of the various functions the machine could do, whereas the BlackBerry was a couple of discrete devices in one case. And that was the genius of Apple and Steve Jobs, although the controversy over the keyboard still remains. What are some other good anecdotes you heard from Feds, Jason? Well, one of my favorite ones actually comes from Rob. Robert Shea, former OMB associate administrator, he says somewhere uh, in, in the early 2007, 2008 timeframe, maybe maybe a little bit earlier, he was uh, in a meeting with former deputy director for management, Clay Johnson, Steve Perry, the GSA administrator, the chief of staff at the time was David Savavian. I remember them all. They were talking about something and David's phone rang off and he picked it up and started talking into it. And Robert Shay tells me this. He just thought that was so ridiculous. He took his shoe off and put it to his face, like a la Maxwell Smart, and 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 like it was just so, so unheard of back then. But the laughter that ensued from that, and and that just reminds people about kind of how we thought that sure. Viper was so strange. Yes, I had uh, a, another. I had, I had an incident once at the old Fosse show where I had introduced Steve Cooper, who was then Homeland Security, the beginning CIO there, and he took a call on stage right at the beginning of a speech walking back and forth we all thought well the nation must be under attack for somebody giving a speech to a thousand people to stop and talk on the phone on the blackberry it was unusual right where people did not have phones they, they were just not used to it and, and it's funny time when you talk to maybe some of the younger people the millennials and, and the generation z folks now about blackberry they're like what's the big deal about it because they grew up with these devices you and i they were new to us and, and we all had one and we were it was a status symbol in many regards it was a way to communicate in a much different approach. One of the other really interesting stories I heard from was from Clint Robinson, again, the BlackBerry's vice president of government affairs. He said him and, and the co-CEOs at the time, Jim Balasilli and Mike Lazarus, had come to D.C. to talk uh, to members of, 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 of Congress, talk about policy issues. And they had met in the Rayburn room with a member from Florida. And, and as they sat down, the, the member stopped them and said, hey, before I say anything or you say anything, I just want you to know my BlackBerry has made me a better legislator, a better friend, and a better mother. And Jim looked at the rest of him and said, wow, thank you. I believe our work here is done. And that was really the big impact I think a lot of people felt around BlackBerry. And Tom, at the same time, a lot of people hated it. I mean, on, on our survey, for instance, we got a lot of people who said, I hated it. 
it, it ruined my life in many ways. So, so not everyone was in love with it, but as far as I can tell, and a lot of what we heard feedback wise, people just said this was such a way to democratize technology sure. and data and get people used to this idea of better customer service and empower the workforce. That was from Dave Winogren, the former Navy CIO, who's now the CEO of Act IAC. Yes, and I think the BlackBerry maybe gets blamed for people being 24 by 7 on email and never having a moment off on vacation or at night or so forth. But I think maybe the BlackBerry was more the agent of what was going to happen inevitably as the internet became ubiquitous. The other side of that coin, Tom, is it also untethered you from your desk. And people really enjoyed that. Uh, you know, when you have kids and you have to go to a field trip, all of a sudden you can stay involved with the office. Yeah, it's not perfect, but at least you can. At the same time, remote work. A lot of the people I talked to, Robert Day, the former Coast Guard Admiral, Rear Admiral, and he said, listen, what BlackBerry did was showed the possibilities that you can have a secure, productive remote work experience. And over the last 20 months, 21 months, Tom, we've all had a secure, hopefully, <laughs> uh, productive, hopefully, remote work experience. And I think that, you know, without the BlackBerry, that device, would we be where we are today? A lot of people could say maybe, but the culture change may not have happened as quickly. All right. So now people can put them on the shelf next to the Apple Newton, right behind the Victor adding machine. And the Wang computer with the green screen. Of All course. right. Yeah, Federal... You still have one of those, Tom. <laughs> I probably do. And a carousel projector. Federal News Network's Jason Miller. Thanks so much. My pleasure, Tom. Check out that great story, his reporter's notebook this week. It's now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. Many of us, if we're being honest, have given up hope on good sleep. But why? Well, if you're like me, you've tried everything and nothing has helped. So if we're not going to sleep well anyway, why try? That kind of thinking is so 2021. It's time to rethink our nights and days and demand more from our sleep. Talk with your doctor about how you can seize the night and day. And visit SeizeTheNightAndDay.com to learn more. Love Target? Well, you're about to love it even more. Target's new Red Card Reloadable saves you 5% every Target trip, in-store and online, and doesn't require a bank account or credit check to get approved. Target.com slash Red Card to get all the details. Restrictions apply.